Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Well, hey, everybody. So glad you're here today. And I'm so excited to get to bring the message today and that we're all here on this warm summer day. I just love summer. And I'm just glad you're here. My name is Chesney, and I'm the family ministry pastor. And if you don't know what that means, that means I get to oversee everybody from birth to college, which is a lot of fun. I work with a lot of great volunteers and some great team members. And uh, we're excited uh, about what's going on around here in our family ministry area. We are in our series called Are We There Yet? And I'm sure by this time in uh, uh, the summer, maybe you've been on a vacation or you're attempting to go on a vacation and if you have kids, you've heard them say those words, are we there yet? I had that experience this week as I was taking kids to camp. And they are what we call our mini campers, which means they're six years old uh, to about eight or nine years old. And so I heard in chorus many, many times, probably more than you could count, are we there yet? It's about an hour, 15 minute drive, and you would think we were driving nine hours. Um, so it was so cute, though, just to give you a glimpse into the life of a six, seven, or eight-year-old. Uh, one of them said, uh, had fallen asleep, and as we arrived to camp, she kind of woke up, and she said, I had a great nap. And the kid behind her said, I didn't. I was working on my loose tooth. And I just thought, that's so cute. I mean, that's what he did the whole time. And sure enough, he lost it that week and uh the tooth fairy just i'm happy to report does go to camp and so we got like five bucks which is like really serious money for teeth uh so anyway i don't know about you but when i'm on trips even to florida i'm like looking at my gps how much longer because it feels like forever to get to where you're going and so we've been looking at folks in the bible that have asked many of those same questions uh, are we there yet? Why am I still here? You know, I thought I was going this way, but now I'm over here. And so I think there's a lot of people that we can identify with as, as well. Maybe even that God's put something in you to do. Maybe God is kind of wrestling with you a little bit on the inside. There's this rustling on the inside that maybe there's something that needs to change. Maybe you need to take some more steps in your faith. Maybe uh, there's a career opportunity you're not sure. Maybe there's, you know, just all kinds of things, a school that maybe you need to apply for or a team you need to try out for, depending on your age. What is it maybe that you could begin to think in your mind? What is God asking me to do? Maybe it's a ministry to get involved with. Or again, just taking that first step to know Jesus Christ. What could that be? Well, I know that uh, when I was a kid, my parents, we went to church with some, some people that were foster parents. And they had uh, accepted a little boy into their home. He was about 15 months old. And my parents wanted to adopt that little boy. And so they began to try to go into that process looking uh, as to what 
what was going on with him. His mom had not relinquished rights yet, but she was nowhere in the picture. And, uh, and so the foster parents felt like there was a possibility that she would. And I just remember some time passing. The foster parents really wanted my parents to be able to take this child into our home uh, as a, an adoption. And so it, it, we just went on with that. And by the way, just to let you know, in Henry County, there's like over 200 kids in our foster care system just in our county. And do you know there's only about 19 parents that are certified in our county to be able to be foster parents? And so if that's something that, you know, maybe you know someone or maybe you're at a point in your life, that would be something that you would maybe consider or pray toward or just pray in general that these children would have some homes and some more people would get on board with that. Um, but, you know, the mom just, she wouldn't relinquish her rights with this kid. And so it was kind of heartbreaking. I remember my parents being kind of disappointed about that. He was, again, he was like 15 months old. He was just the cutest little kid. And unfortunately, he kind of aged out of the system and just kind of bounced around from friend to friend to have somewhere to live. And last year, he was killed. And I just think, you know, if he had, had been my little brother, you know, what kind of life possibly would have been different for him? And so ever since then, I felt like God dropped in my heart um, to adopt, that that was going to be a part of our family history, that we were going to in some way be a part of that. And so all through high school and college, I just felt that more and more in my heart that God was going to give me a kid through adoption. That, that was, I wanted one kid, and I wanted to do it through adoption, and that's just what I always wanted to do. And so maybe you're here today again, and, and something has been dropped in you. Maybe it's not foster parent or adoption. It's just something. It could be small, but you know God's prompting you. It could be a big thing, and maybe God's prompting you. And so we're going to look at a man today who God did the very same thing for him. He dropped a dream into his life, a, a vision, if you will, for what he wanted him to do. And we're going to watch his journey throughout today's message. Abraham is his name. Now, Abraham was initially, his name was Abram, but God changed his name. But for simplicity's sake, if you don't mind, I'm just going to call him Abraham the whole time, okay? Because I'll get confused and I will totally confuse you. So Abraham was talked to by God, and he said, Abraham, I want you to leave your home country. I know you've known this country. This is all you've ever known. It's your homeland. And I want you to leave this country, and I want you to go and set up camp in Canaan. Now, last week, if you were here, you heard Brandon talk about the promised land. Well, this was the beginning stages of that. And he said, Abraham, you're going to have descendants that are, uh, you can't even count them. There's going to be so many. And what we know now today is that God was going to send Jesus through the lineage to be born from Abraham. And so Abraham left this cushy home that he had to go to Canaan and to live basically in tents. Can you imagine having to move out of your nice home and go and live in a tent? And so that's kind of what Abraham did. Him and all of his family, there was hundreds of them probably, and they all moved to set up camp in what God was promising them to be. This dream was dropped in his life, but Abraham did something that many people won't do, even because even though there's a dream inside of them, and that is make the decision to move. Make the decision to go. Make the decision to do what it is that God wants you to do. It can be a very small step, but it's a huge gap in our faith, isn't it? I mean, when you feel like God wants you to do something or there's something that you know you need to do, 
this kind of gnawing on the inside of you and the way you know it's a dream, one of the ways from God is that it lines up with his word. Nothing's going to be outside or contradict his word. You have to know that. But you know when God's put something inside of you and then you make the decision to do it. And that is why Abraham is basically called the father of our faith. Because he was someone that made the decision to do what God asked him to do, even though it was a huge thing. Now he moves, and inevitably there's going to be difficulty. Because now he's told him, he said, Abraham, look, I want you to move, and I'm going to give you all of these descendants, all of these children. But there was a problem. Abraham was 75 years old. And his wife was only about 10 years younger, and they had no children. Okay, do the math, right? I don't know how this is going to happen. Sarah, his wife, is beyond years in order to have a child. And Abraham, you know, he's not that young either. He's 75. How's he going to chase a little one around? And so they move, and now not only that is working against them, but there's famine there's this Pharaoh that Abraham's really scared about, and, and, and it's, it was a really bad situation. And, and then his whole family splits up. Like part of his family moves one way, and Abraham and his family move another. And so there's just been, there's been this dream, and he made the decision to go, but now there's been delay, difficulty, and it looks like a dead end. Like what are we supposed to do? I don't know about you, but... Maybe you've been through some times in your life where, you know, you thought you were supposed to do something and now it's just problem after problem after problem and you're like, God, did I miss it? But I don't think you'll find that you missed it at all. See, when Danny and I got married, or right before we got engaged, and if you don't know, Danny's the really hot guy that sings here in the middle. I just have to say that because some people are like, I didn't know y'all were married, you know, and all that. So I just have to point that out so you can have a picture, okay, because he's so hot and stuff. So anyway. (laughs) But anyway, the dream that we had, you know, of adopting, he was on board with it when we got married and all that. It was great, you know. I was like, this is so good, God. You've put us together and you've given us this vision. This is what we're going to do. So about 2011, we decided we were going to get on that process And if you've ever adopted, you know that the process is very long. You have to go through all these home studies, and you have to do all this kind of stuff, and it's a lot of money, okay? And so we're going through all this. About 2013, we really get serious, and we're like, no, we got to something, you know, we're not, we're going to be like Abraham and Sarah, okay? We got to get going on this. And so we, uh, nothing really still. So it's like this dream, we make a decision, it's like delayed difficulty, and is this the dead end? And then Danny makes this what seems to be, there's nothing coincidental when you're a follower of Jesus Christ because every step is order of God, but he makes this what seems to be a random phone call just to check with an agency on some uh, details about our application. And they said, well, yeah, we think we got all that squared away, but um, there's this baby that you might be interested in, this mom. And we're like, what? I mean, they don't even really know who we are or anything. We not talked to them except for this one time. And we're like, okay, and by that Wednesday, Memorial Day weekend, that Saturday, Wednesday, we were matched. And we're like, whoa, this is crazy. So we began to talk to the agency about the mom, and she said, well, you know, she's had some drug issues before the pregnancy, but she's working really hard as she's, as she's pregnant and that kind of thing. We're like, okay, we knew that was probably going to be a possibility because it, it just is sometimes. 
And so um, we, we thought this is going to be okay. God, you know, God's going to help her. She's going to, you know, get through this pregnancy and everything's going to be okay. And June rolls around and we're hearing really bad stuff. Okay. It's like, we don't know where she is. So when you're in a private adoption uh, process, you're uh, spending a lot of money and a lot of that money's going to the living expenses of the mother. And you're wondering, am I throwing money to the wind? What in the world? We were hoping she was in jail because at least she'd be safe and eating and maybe not doing drugs as much, right, as on the street and that kind of thing, and she wasn't. And so around July 4th weekend of 2013, we were like, we're probably not going to be able to move forward with this. It's just too scary. There's too many questions. We don't know what to do. We don't know what we're going to get. We don't know what is going to be the outcome of this situation. And so... We felt kind of like, you know, especially um, like Abraham, I guess you could say. Abraham's at a place where he's like, I, I'm at a dead end. We felt like we were at a dead end. We didn't know what it was we were going to do. And I think God uh, sensed this with Abraham because he began to make a covenant with him in Genesis 15. And this is what the verse says. When we're learning how to trust God, there's some things that we have to remember and I think as we go forward, this is going to help us out a whole lot. He began to reassure Abraham in Genesis 15, starting in verse 1, and it says this. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Do not be what? For I will protect you and your reward will be great. And then the Lord took Abram aside, which is so cool. Because sometimes we just need to see it, right? He took Abram aside and he said, Look up. Look into the sky and count the stars if you can. And we know that nobody can count all the stars. He says, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham, what? He believed the Lord. And the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Uh, I don't know about you, but I want to be counted righteous like Abraham. And I'm like that guy in the New Testament that says, God, I believe, but help my doubt too. I feel like I doubt sometimes more than I believe. I feel like when I'm in my dead end or my delay or my difficulty that I have a hard time with my faith. And so I think that as Abraham is reassured right here, we can understand as well that number one, I want you to write this down, just like Abraham, we can understand that I can trust God even if what he says seems crazy. I can trust God even if what he says seems crazy. You've got to understand that Abraham, when he told Sarah, his wife, that they were going to have a baby, she laughed. The Bible says she laughed so hard that she actually offended God because God goes, why is she laughing? And I bet he said it just like that too. Why is she laughing? And then he says this in Genesis 18. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Silence, right? Let me ask you that question. What's going on in your life? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I mean, the God that made the universe, the God that put you together as a person, you're so intricately made and different. And he did that for every person on the planet. Is anything too hard for the Lord? 
I think we all know the answer to that. Well, God did come through. In Genesis chapter 21, he gives Abraham and Sarah a baby, a son. His name's Isaac. And guess what his name means? Laughter, which is so funny, literally, right? Because she laughs. But it is funny because these two elderly people who are now like 89, 90 years old and 99 years old, Abraham, have a child. I mean, you're going to the store not just buying diapers for the baby, right? <laughs> this is not good. Can I have pampers and depends, please? Thank you. That's bad and good and funny. But I'm sure as Isaac grew up that Abraham, he begins to tell Isaac all the stories about how he's the promised child. He's the miracle baby we're so excited. God, look what God did through you. And then as he grows up, he becomes a teenager, right? And I'm sure they had all the issues. But they loved him so much. And God asks Abraham to do the unthinkable. And that leads us to number two. Which is, I can trust God even when I don't understand. I can trust God even when... I don't understand. After Abraham had waited for this son, his special son, God told Abraham to go and to sacrifice his son. Now, sacrifices obviously weren't a new thing. They were all accustomed to that, but it was usually animals, right? And people that did that to their children, that was kind of an evil thing. People that followed God didn't do that type of thing. Why would God be asking me to do this? I think we all ask those questions, why? And people ask me, why did this happen to me? And usually the answer is the same answer that you would probably get, which is, I don't know. I don't know why we lost one of our woodland teachers this week in a car accident. I don't know why a couple of weeks ago, uh, my cousin's child, who was only 17 years old, died in a car full of teenagers, and all the other teenagers died too. I don't know. One lived a week, and he died this past Friday. Why? I don't know. But I think we look at this scripture right here, and we try to figure it out. And what we really need to be doing is let scripture figure us out. We try to put God on trial in this scripture and we say, why would you do that? But really, Abraham was the one that was on trial. And we are the one that is on trial. The test is for us. I don't know if you've heard, you probably heard this message a, a million times growing up or maybe even recently. Uh, you'll hear this sound and then you'll see this pattern on your television. This is a test. This is only a test. This is a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is only a test. And then what does it do? It scares you to death. Eh, 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 right? This really long, you're just like, mute the TV. Can I tell you, this is a test? The Bible plainly says in Genesis 22 that God tested Abraham's faith. And if you are a Christ follower, you could just insert your name into that scripture as well. God does not tempt us. No, he tests us. Why? So that we can see his faithfulness. 
We can't see God's faithfulness unless we allow our faith to be tested. And now we can get off the train and say, none of this, I'm done. But you can't have a te testimony without a test, right? And we hear these tests, testimonies in churches about, you know, how God brought people through maybe addictions and, and drugs and all that kind of thing. And I get that. Those are awesome testimonies. Amazing. But there's also other types of testimonies where you have been obediently faithful. And even through tests, you were faithful and God was faithful to you. And you have stories to tell other people. Now, when Abraham was told by God to go and sacrifice his son, I don't think he told his wife. And here's how I, how I know. Okay. If my husband come home and said something crazy like that, what are you going to do as a mom? Right? You're going to take the kid and run. That's what you're going to do. Right? And so I don't think he told her. He just said, listen, we're going to go worship and we will return. That's what the Bible says. And I can imagine this journey as they're going up the mountain, it wasn't just like up the mountain, you're there. No, it was a three-day journey. Every step was a test. Every step was a decision. Every step was Isaac saying, "God, uh, Dad, where's the sacrifice that we're going to give to God? What do you say to that? God will provide, son. Every step was a decision. Every step was a test. And I think, I, in my mind, Abraham is saying, how did I end up here? The emotional thing on the inside of him that he was going through, how did he end up here? And I think the Bible doesn't say this, but doubt is not unspiritual. Do you guys know that? Doubt just makes you human. And here's the scary thing about doubt, though. Doubt is only dangerous when it's unexpressed. And so if you don't have a circle of people that you can talk to about your doubt, uh, that are godly, or if you can't talk to God about your doubt, you're going to let that doubt crumble you on the inside, and you'll become cynical when you're tested. When your children talk to you about their doubts with God, like, does God exist, or... I don't know if there's a God. Don't shut them down. Don't berate or don't get on to them. Let them talk through those things. And you just tell them about your experiences and how God's been faithful to you. Let them process that doubt. Because as they process that doubt, their faith will grow. It'll be a faith that was not just passed down to them, but a faith that becomes their own when you let them process through their doubt. And so you just guide, you just coach, and you just pray. You guide, you coach, you pray. When I was a kid, I did the dumbest thing. This is so dumb, y'all are going to think I'm crazy. But I was seven, so eight years old. What, what are you going to say? I was, it was summer, and I was bored, okay? And I wanted somebody to play with. I didn't have anybody to play with. I had my sister, but I guess she didn't count. I don't know. I just remember thinking, I'm bored, and I want somebody to play with. And so at VBS, I had made a popsicle stick picture frame, a little one, and had a picture of Jesus in it. You know, like the one he's standing at the door knocking. You guys know what I'm talking about. And so it was a cool little picture frame. And um, I decided, and by the way, VBS starts tomorrow night. 
And so you guys want to get in on that. It's not too late. But please pray for us no matter what, right? We need strength and stamina. And we're, we're kind of old, you know. And so we need you to pray every night from 6.30 to 8.30. You pray for us. But most importantly, pray that kids come to know Jesus. Amen. And pray that kids develop relationships with grown-ups that care about them. That's our, that's our goal of VBS. But anyway, I was kind of bored, and I wanted somebody to play with. And so my mom had this album of her cousins that were in a singing group, and they were kids. But this was like in the 60s, right? So this album, they, it was black and white. Now, you guys know what an album is, right? Those things are coming back. So you, you should all know what a vinyl record is. So I thought, well, God, you can do anything, right? So I put that picture of my mom's cousins as kids on the floor beside that picture of Jesus. And I said, now, God, when I come back, I want you to make those people come off that record. And I want to be able to play with the, them, those kids, right? This is like in the 80s. These kids are like 30 years old now, you know? But hey, it was logical to me. And so I went out of the room and I came back. And of course it didn't happen, right? There was no black and white kids in there for me to play with. But, I, you know, I could have said, well, there's no God, you know. But here's the thing. We don't have faith unless we push through our doubt. Without fear, you don't need faith. Somebody needs to hear that today. Without fear, you don't need faith. If everything's perfect, it doesn't take a lot of faith, right? But when things are difficult, when there's delays, when there's dead ends, you need a lot of faith. And so today, I want to ask you, maybe you're in a situation where maybe you feel like you're at a dead end in your relationship with God, or maybe you're at a dead end in your relationship with Jesus. Maybe, maybe there's no relationship at all. And so what is it that you need to do? The Bible says that when Abraham got up on the mountain, and somehow he got Isaac up on the mountain, and somehow he got him on the altar, this is a teenage boy. Now, I don't know if he had to fight him or not. But I think probably most people think that Isaac just went willingly because he, he would submit to his dad. And I don't know if you can see this, but this is a picture of God our Father and Jesus. And Abraham and Isaac is sort of a parallel. And Jesus willingly went to the cross for us, right? And so Isaac possibly willingly went to the altar. And the Bible says that he raised the knife. What do you need to put on the altar today in order to get the dream and progress of what it is God wants to do in your life? What old life do you need to put on the altar today? What old attitude, what old relationship, what fear do you need to put on the altar today in order that God can bring about the true dream that he has for your life? And so, if, again, if you're at a dead end in your life, I want, you to, I want you to consider this prayer inside your program. And I'm going to read it, but you don't have to read it out loud. You don't even have to raise your hand. You don't have to come forward. You just say it along with me as I read it. And if you mean it with all your heart, Jesus will come in, and he can make those dreams that he's put inside of you come true. If you'll make the decision to follow him, it says, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. 
and I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Please help me turn from my sins and do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you meant that prayer, I just ask that on the back of your connection card, you check that first box that says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower today, just so we can pray for you and send you some information in the mail to help you on your journey. So we understand we can trust, trust God when, when it seems crazy. We can trust God when it seems that we don't understand. And number three, we can trust God to deliver us. I can trust God to deliver me. So Abraham's there, right, with the knife raised. Isaac's on the altar. And he's proven that he'll do anything that God asks him to do. And an angel appears and says, stop. Don't harm him. And then a ram appears in the thicket. That will be the sacrifice. Which is kind of another cool picture of Jesus being the substitute for your sins and for my sins. And this is what God said to, Je to uh, Abraham in Genesis 22 and 16. It says, because you've obeyed me and have not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. Can you imagine the relief that Abraham felt? But can I tell you again that God cannot show his faithfulness unless we exercise our faith? Again, God can't show his faithfulness till we exercise our faith. This message is for me today. When I'm afraid, God can't show me his faithfulness unless I walk in faith. Unless I'm faithful to him through those delays, those difficulties, and those dead ends of life, he can't prove his faithfulness to me. And do you know that about every dream that maybe you would have or that anybody has probably goes through a death and a resurrection? Think about Jesus. He was the dream for our salvation, right? And he had to go through death and resurrection. And whatever it is going on in your life that you want to see God do, maybe it's the salvation of a child. Maybe it's that job you want. Maybe it's something that God, you need him to do in your family. Whatever it is, you may, it may seem like there's a dead end, a delay, a, a difficulty, even a death. But God will raise to life whatever it is that he has set to do. As I told you, Danny and I were on the brink of just pulling the plug on this adoption process because it was just too hard. And it was like July 4th weekend around the same time. And just like today, the day before VBS was to start, this place was covered up with people that were decorating and some of them, they kid me about it every year. I got the call that the baby was born. I'll never forget where I was. And we decided to go. And I had to go tell all these people that I was leaving them with VBS. And that it was going to be okay, even though I was shaking on the inside. Because I didn't know what I was going to be given. What, what stack of cards would I be dealt when I, we arrived? But we made the decision to go, and we knew God would help us with whatever it was when we got there. And when we arrived, the mom 
had tested positive for four different drugs. Four different drugs. And Drew tested negative for all of them. She had taken cocaine every day consistently for the, almost the entire pregnancy. And not one drug was found in his system. I don't know if I gave you number three, but if I didn't fill in that blank, it is I can trust God to deliver me. Did I tell you that? I can trust God to deliver me. And I knew that day that God had delivered us. It was amazing. And our testimony, just like Abraham's, was this relief that I can't even imagine. That you, can't, you can imagine because you've been through things like that in your life. But I believe if we'll continue to trust God, even when we go through the difficulty, the delay, the dead end, and what looks like a death, I think that our testimony will be like that of Psalm 27 and 13. And it says this, I'm expecting, will you say expecting? I'm expecting the Lord to rescue me again so that once again I will see his goodness to me. I believe your testimony will be like that of Abraham and Isaac. Can you imagine Isaac saying, Dad, remember that time you tried to kill me? God rescued me again. Hey, devil, remember that time you tried to kill me? I'm expecting God to rescue me again. Hey, remember that time you tried to take my job? I'm expecting God to rescue me again. Remember that time that you tried to destroy my marriage? I'm expecting God to deliver me again. Remember that time that I tried out for that team or tried for that scholarship and it wasn't going to go your, my way? I'm expecting God to rescue me again. This is a picture of our testimony. He is good today. He is healthy today. He is perfect today. And God is going to deliver you too. Why? Because this is only a test. It's only a test. Amen. It's only a test. I want you to mark one more thing with me on the back of your connection card that says, I will do my best to trust God when it's difficult, believing that he will deliver me. He's going to deliver you too. He's going to deliver you too. Will you stand and let's pray. God, we love you. God, I honor you today. Thank you for letting me stand before the most wonderful people in the world. God, thank you. Thank you for your love. God, you tell us in your word that we should count it as joy when we go through trials. But God, that's very difficult to do. But God, I know you don't mean that the trials are joyful. I know that you mean that what's on the other side of those trials will be joyful. And so God, before we go through the test, you are with us. In the middle of the test, you are with us. And on the other side, you will give us a testimony that we could share with others that God, they may have an opportunity for a better life as well. God, thank you for your promises for us, for they are true. And we are expecting you to rescue us again. In Jesus' name, and we can all say together, amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. 
If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.